and welcome to Independent Thinking, the podcast exploring a new era for the high street. We celebrate independent business and bricks and mortar retail across the UK, those who are shaking things up on their local high streets and who believe in the potential of our town and city centres. I'm your host, Alexandra. Welcome along. Hello and welcome back to the show. I hope you've had a gentle start to the year as we ease ourselves into 2023 and merging out of hibernation. Welcome. We're kicking off the series in discussion with Andrew Goodacre, CEO of British Independent Retailers Association, or BIRA, who've been supporting independent retailers for over 120 years. They have an incredible overview of the sector, speaking daily to their indie members about being in business, supporting them to navigate challenges in the industry, as well as championing their successes. Who better then to talk to about the sector, to provide some context, to talk about the many ups and downs of running an independent business in 2023, but also to think about the bigger picture as we zoom out and think about how we can weather the storm with hope, optimism and the spirit of collaboration and creativity. Our chat with Andrew is a wide-ranging one as we talk about putting your money where your mouth is, what indies contribute to our high streets, speaking up about mental health and retail, why countless governments have dragged their heels on business rates, and why investing time in our communities makes for successful high streets. I began my chat with Andrew by asking, as a membership organisation, how are members feeling right now? I don't think anyone involved with the retail, and independent retail specifically, had seen a three or four years that we've just seen, um, all the way from, from the pandemic, closing down, opening up, closing down, opening up, and then um, now faced with this, with this uh, cost of living crisis. And actually, what to, to the retailers themselves, it's actually a cost of doing business crisis because mm. the business costs are rising, not just in, in energy, um, but there's potential for large increases on business rates next year. There are potentially large increases on labour because there's such a shortage of, of staff and such mm-hmm. a competitive um, ele- element to it in, from a recruitment side. And then um, the supply chain inflation is, is still there as well. So it, normally you're dealing with one element of your business that, that mm-hmm. comes under pressure. Um, retailers are now having to deal with a quite unique um, set of circumstances where a lot of their business is under pressure and the consumer demand is is dropping and waning because consumer confidence is, is at a low level as well. So it's a it's a it's a toxic storm. But having said that, having said all of that, um I never I, I, I never underestimate the ability of, of these small business people who run these shops, have done so for many years in many cases. To, to to bring forward their resilience, their determination, and no short amount of creativity mm. to get themselves through these these various crises that seem to have seem to have occurred. Yes, we've had them in the past, and and some of my members will tell me they remember interest rates being double digits yeah. um, uh, twenty years ago, and so on. And so you know, there's been different challenges for shops over the years, um, and and every retailer out there, large or small will absolutely need all those reserves of resilience, strength, determination, and creativity to 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 maximize your opportunities um, to get us through. And I honestly believe many will do. 
there's nervousness, absolute nervousness. There's a real sense of if Christmas fails for us, it's going to make January and February really, really difficult. Mm, mm-hmm. But I still sense a, 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 an amount of of optimism that people believe that they can um, bring customers out and customers will still want to make the most of this festive period, albeit within their own confines and with their own restrictions as well. Mm. It's really interesting. And that kind of spirit of ingenuity, I think, that was really yeah. alive. I mean, it's always been alive in the independent and, and retail sector generally, but it really was so visible during the pandemic in terms of how quickly people were really thinking on their feet. And that that idea as well of love, because I think it's really interesting to explore what Byra does in terms of as an association, because I think there's a real spirit of collaboration that I think in terms of businesses working together, sharing ideas and kind of supporting each other. Is that something that Byra's kind of role is that sees itself as as well and a real champion of the sector during times yeah. like this? Yeah, I, I think, I think we, we, we fulfill two roles with one shared objective. Um, our absolute aim, our absolute, if, if there's nothing else, everything else we do should be that should be geared towards enabling retailers to succeed. We want these independent retailers whose hopes, lives, and dreams are wrapped up in their business. We want that to, to come to fruition. We want that to succeed. So everything we do should be geared towards that. And and we do it in two ways. One is the practical way of, of offering people and helping people with, with vital business services, ability to tap into advice, uh, the ability to, to help them through some of these um, difficulties that they're facing now um, and on the other side we, we, we do a lot of representational work talking with government working with, with, with senior civil servants and various government departments to make sure that the voice of the independent retail sector um, is is understood and heard by those people making the all important decisions mm. and in terms of government support have they done enough to to support independent retail and, and about retailers generally do what's Biro's kind of point of view on that I, I think you have to give credit where credit's due and the support that was delivered in, in the pandemic period, whether it's the furlough scheme, the, the grant system that was there to support businesses and employees when they were closed, that, that, that was good. And, and yes, that creates a hole in finance, public finances and, and that needs fitting at some point, which is the challenge now. Mm-hmm. We now have, a, have an energy crisis and where I would be on the more critical side of government is that is this that our members are reporting to us um, of significant increases in, in energy bills last October. It, three, 300% increases were not unusual. This is what we were hearing Gosh. about. This is pre-Ukraine. This is pre um, the, the, the cost of living crisis that we mm. have now. Mm. Um, and, and we raise this concern with, with the government through the Treasury Department in the hope that in the last year's autumn statement, there will be something done to, to, to address that or to help it. Because retailers will do a fantastic job controlling what they can control. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Supply chain inflation, they don't want to pass all these increases on to customers, and, and they haven't done. So they've sacrificed a the margin there. They'll they'll adjust their payroll. They'll, they'll, they'll have people working when they need them and, and not when, when they don't need them. So, so they do all they can to help customers. Sometimes these external forces, there's nothing they can do. You can't mm-hmm. buy your energy elsewhere. You have to buy it from one of those few companies there and they're all charging the same price. Mm. Um, so the government has uh, could have done more last year. It, it decided to double interest, double the business rates for the smaller businesses. That felt wrong. 
in Scotland, yeah. I believe that they, they, they did a bit more and actually the business got them now pay full business rates, mm. um, which we felt was wrong as well. Um, and whilst you've got an energy plan in at the moment, that's only there for, for six months or till next March. The, the ultimate thing that the government can do is, is, is do what everyone has been telling it to do for the last four or five years is wholesale reform of business rates and reduce that burden. Mm-hmm. that's an unfair tax everyone says it's unfair and it needs reform and it needs it needs changing because we know the wealth of the high street is not in retail necessarily it's not in hospitality necessarily a lot of the wealth has gone to the likes of of the large online companies mm-hmm. who pay proportionately a lot less tax than, than the smaller retailer does so yeah we, we, we need a review of of you know tax should charge should go where the money is and, yeah. and that's where that's where the way government policy should work. And at the moment, it seems to be intent on on sticking to an old tax regime that, that is actually causing untold damaging damages to high streets because businesses can't invest and and they haven't got the the headroom, financial headroom, to 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 do too much more in their business. So yeah. the challenge is always around business rates. We always push for this, and we're not alone. Nearly every other well, association, it. business group will push for this. I've attended at least three select committees talking about business rates in some way, shape, or form. The conclusion of the committee is always business rates needs reform. The response is we, we, there's minor changes around the edges, but not the wholesale reform that, that is absolutely needed. I mean, it's, it feels like they're just constantly – and they, I'm talking about they being collective governments of every creed no, and colour. And it's, it seems yeah, like it's yeah. like constantly push the can down the road. And it feels as though these discussions around levelling up and about kind of, you know, levelling the playing field in terms of how high streets perform across the country. Because we see yeah. particularly north and south divides. This seems to be crucial. And yet, why it, is it that you think it's missing from the discussion? I, I think it's missing because the, the, the overall rates bill... Income-wise, to the UK government, is 30 billion, or, or just, I think it's about 27 billion now. Now it is dropping; it is falling, and the the the, the retail section alone of that is about seven billion. So, it, yeah, it's a substantial amount from retail coming in, and these are high street businesses with physical shops. And yet, we know consumer habits are changing. We know that that we've seen, and some of the large companies have encouraged actually some of the online shopping as well. Let, let's be honest, mm-hmm. um, but. But it, it does leave these these smaller businesses with this fixed cost that doesn't reflect the market. It doesn't reflect what's actually happening out there. It, it, it doesn't go up or down depending on what's happening in the business. It just stays fixed for the next five years although that that's shortening. And I think successive governments cannot find a way of convincing themselves that they need to unravel something that's worth $30 billion. And replace mm. with something that may be worth just as much, but but the spread of the burden is is different. The mm-hmm. way it's done is different, mm. so that the, the the burden should go where 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 the growth is really. And that's mm. let's face it, that's been online, that's been in in, in distribution yeah. centres and and so on. And and until a, a government or a chancellor is brave enough to accept that, we will always have this debate and this argument and and. The evidence suggests that business rates is counterproductive for business, not mm-hmm. not it doesn't encourage business to grow. Mm. And I think there's some real innovative ideas we could really be thinking about around this. I think I think it feels as though there's a lot of discussion around 
discussions have really opened up I think around a lot of aspects of the high street around how we live our lives to be honest around, around yeah. COVID and thinking well let's think differently you know I was speaking to an academic um, professor Lee Sparks from the University of Stirling who kind of looks studies retail in depth and he was thinking but well how how about we talk about um the impact that a company has and think about that impact on their on their business rates or how you know if we think about a you know, I think he was talking particularly about Amazon and 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 the impact that that has of a distribution centre is, is located mm-hmm. in a city or centre or, 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 or no, outside a city. Sorry, you know. Well, how about we look at actually the impact that has on the rest of the high street, or actually, and then we we, we tax accordingly. Or there's lots of different ways agreed. we could really be thinking. You know, differently. I, I, I totally agreed. And and we've put forward ideas. We we we've had ideas around. Um, removing all of these smaller business rates reliefs but in, in and because it's complex and people mm. don't always know what they can and can't apply for yeah but why not introduce um a business rates allowance for businesses in the same way we all have tax allowances so we know as in as workers yeah. we can all earn just over twelve thousand or twelve and a half thousand yep tax free so if we said to all businesses that your you know your first twenty five thousand pounds of rateable value is is free mm. mm-hmm you know, um, mm-hmm. and then you start paying rates thereafter. You you kind of know better where you are, and everyone understands how yeah. it works. Everyone understands what they're paying and why they're paying it. So if, yeah. so, and and it feels to me as if that would be a an, a far easier system to implement. I mean, in fairness, the government did listen to us on that one, or and and introduced an alternative to it called the retail and hospitality discount, which actually mm-hmm. reduces the rates bills for fifty percent for for certain businesses, mm-hmm. and that's good in as far as it goes. And again, easier to understand and, and, mm-hmm. and work out. So there is support, don't get me wrong, but that's capped. And and so, if, you know, and again, if businesses then want to expand and grow and maybe move into larger premises, it, it, the fact that they're going to then suddenly pay extortion amount of business rates prevents them from doing so. And, and why would you want to restrict growth? Why would you want people to... Mm. To, to not invest and 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 to do bigger and better things and it and and so it just feels as as, as if it's, it's as i described before a counterproductive a a punitive tax not not one that should be uh, you know encouraging people to um to take risks and 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 develop their their business mm-hmm. within their community often as well yeah, absolutely. But you say that there are some aspects of discussions around government with government that have been successful. And I think, yeah. it's, do you think it's just this kind of constant knocking at the door and keep kind of banging the drum of this of it of them understanding what the challenges are on the ground? I think is there seems to be like a sort of disconnect there, isn't there? Yeah, there is, and and it's up to us. I'm, I, you know, it, it, the easy part is knocking on the door and shouting. <laughs> Um, and and saying let me in and, and let me tell you how it really is you know and and you know I've met MPs um, on high streets talking to our members a, a, around the country during my time here. and that's important you know because that that resonates with these with, with, with the individuals then but actually what as as a representative association if we you know what what are we doing and and, and more than anything else we have to put forward ideas as well we have to help mm-hmm. the people in government. With their thinking, and we have to to be prepared to to give a little bit as well, you know. So we, we've got a huge amount of intelligence um, from our members, mm-hmm. the large retailers, from all the data they collect, and you can see consumer habits changing. You can see things there, and you can really use that evidence, that information mm-hmm. should be used to create and generate sustainable policies that support high streets. 
Mm-hmm. You can see, you know, it's all there. And, and we we have to make sure that that's available to, to government. Mm-hmm. And we have to help them interpret it. And we have to use that information then to put forward our own ideas that we think would be beneficial overall, primarily to independent retailers, but a benefit to, to, to most as well. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that's why... You know, it's easy to shout, but, but we have to work hard as associations to come up with those ideas because it is a challenge. You know, changing a system that is in place and, and been established for many years now, um, there's always a risk when you do that. Um, um, but, but we have to help and be brave and make that decision as well. Mm, absolutely. I think there seems to be a lot of conversations now around disruption of the status quo. And I think, like you say, this is never easy. This stuff isn't easy because we've been living like this or we've been doing these things. It's been fine. We're just cracking on. Don't worry about it. Let's not rock the boat. And I think, but when we think about more generally about the high street and and because there has been such a doom mongering around this kind of, and it's become almost a self-fulfilling property. If, you know, we're all like, oh, you know, it's all going to, but actually it's, it's this innovation, these collaboration, this, this, um, these fresh ideas you talk about, Mm. which are going to be at the crux of how we regenerate our high streets, isn't it? Yeah, it it absolutely is. Now you'll not find any argument from us and our members to recognize that high streets are changing and will have to continue to change. Mm -hmm. And, and when I, I, I tend to look at high streets as, a series of interdependent businesses, mm. which will include retail, which will include hospitality, which will include some leisure out- outlets, some cultural aspect of it as well, possibly. Um, and and when those businesses pull together, when when the local authorities work in a way that that involves all those businesses, mm. you, I believe you end up with this vibrancy, with this energy, mm. and and a a place that becomes attractive. Mm-hmm. And and you know. It, Retail will not be the dominant factor in the future. It will be an important factor because it offers mm-hmm. diversity. It offers a point of difference. Mm. But it shouldn't and it can't be the dominant one in the future. So mm-hmm. there, there are no dynamics are in place. And some of it is happening. And some of it has been inspired, actually, by, by the COVID period, as, as you yeah. said earlier. You know, that forced people to change the way they worked. And we saw members who saw the internet as some kind of grim reaper some kind of enemy (laughs) yeah they they suddenly embraced it and started to trade online they started to take orders and click and collect they started to do deliveries they started to use social media to engage and tell people what they had and what they were doing and we saw fashion shows on zoom we saw wine tasting on teams meetings you know it's fantastic (laughs) yeah um and 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 all that creativity needs to carry on it can't stop just because we're now free of hopefully free of, of covid restrictions mm. so we, we we want to see local policy and local authorities use their money to encourage that and to make that happen and to focus on developing this place and maintaining it yeah now the, the other real encouraging aspect and and uh, it gives me optimism and, and many of our members mm. we, we independent retailers tend not to trade in city centers the units are often too big too large mm-hmm. um, too expensive mm. But where we are successful are these suburbs, the the the, the villages, the smaller market towns, the, mm. the 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 edges of the city centres in, in many ways, mm. and that's because they are in communities. And mm. so, we in the pandemic, you you were working from home. I was told to work from home. Everyone was told to work from home, mm-hmm. and suddenly people realised that what they do need is available more locally. Mm. And then people started to realise that. Um, their local economy benefited more the more they time they spent in it the more they spend in it and again mm. whether it's retail whether it's hospitality 
the whole economy will benefit. And so local shopping, local activities, localism is back and has been back and continues to to develop well. Mm. Um, And that is the the element that the government and local authorities need to understand and grasp because mm. people and 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 when you come on then to the benefit to society and this is not all about people spending money mm. we can all do whatever we want to do sat in front of a screen you can get things delivered mm-hmm. you can get everything you need and you'd have to leave your house now yeah. i never ever want to see people live a life like that i, no. I i'm not i'm not being particularly sanctimonious on them, but that's not good for your mental health. That's not good for, for, mm. for society. We need people to come out and feel comfortable about coming out, feeling safe about coming out. Mm. And so these these high streets are so important and all the businesses in there working together are so important mm. within the fabric of communities and, and social well-being. You know, mm. it, it, we used to call it retail therapy years ago. It's a little bit of a jokey <laughs> comment, but actually it is it's not bad for the mind to spend time yeah. wandering around a high street and getting involved with the with the vibrancy and the atmosphere and and events taking place there absolutely uh, so we, we we can't give up high streets and allow people just to vegetate in in their homes it's all too easy to do that these days we want to get people out because that's good good for health yeah that's that's good for physical health um and we and mental well-being and we should not underestimate the role of of the high streets in in that um, in in that predicament. I couldn't agree more. And it's these peripheral relationships we have with like shop owners or coffee, coffee, people who work in coffee shops or like yeah, all of that. Know we, you, don't we, they? Yeah, yeah, and we lost. Yeah, I think know, that was it, almost the biggest thing we lost during COVID was all these just conversations that we didn't really even think about, and then we no, suddenly lost absolutely. them. We thought, oh gosh, I feel all the poorer for it. You know, like emotionally, yeah. and I completely, I completely agree. And yes. thinking. It's just going to be, I think as well, I, I love this idea that we're not trying to recreate some bygone era. We, but I think, because I think there's a, a notion about community being such an old fashioned concept. Mm, and I think sure. sometimes we talk about it in a really cozy way. Yes. Um, but actually, it's really integral to who we are and what we need as humans. As in, like, it's not, it, you know, what keeps us together. Yeah, it, it is. And, and, and there is a, it is a generational aspect to it. You know, I think younger people, I know when I was younger, I didn't care much about the high street I grew up in, <laughs> in, a, in a nice village. And, and, you know, if your shop was open, it was open. It was Clothes, your clothes. It didn't bother. I was playing football. It didn't, didn't bother me so much. Yeah. But as you as you grow older, and then as you have a family, you suddenly realise you actually put roots down in a place, mm. and and then it becomes far more important to you because because mm. you you want to you don't want to see empty shops. You don't want to see boarded up buildings. You don't want mm-hmm. yeah you, know, you you want you want to, to believe that your place you're living in is is somewhere you can be proud about. Absolutely. And, and people like being proud about where they live, and then you start to appreciate, as you were saying, those those. Yeah, and you don't sometimes you don't appreciate something till till you lose it. And yeah. in COVID, we all yeah. lost that social contact, that yeah. that off chance of just saying hello to someone on the street or, or yeah. being involved in a conversation you didn't expect or or popping in and, and seeing something and think, God, oh, yeah, it's ideal for my wardrobe or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And so we were able to we 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 lost all of that. Um and and we shouldn't take it for granted. But you're right, we don't live in the past. We've got to still make sure that high streets are geared for, for future and, and new generations who, who want more experiences, who want to, yeah. that combination of digital and physical and want a, an, a you know, a, an easy life in many ways, but they still want an interesting life. Oh, 100%. And I think I think what's really interesting as well is during COVID, it was very puritanical in that, you know, our 
all of the joy was very much stripped out of any retail experience because you wanted to be in and out, in and out as quickly as possible, yes. as safely yes. as possible. It was horrible. Yes. You know, and I think that that's another thing is that we can do all of that online. If we, if it's that we use online shopping for the very, you know, if it's, if it's about, it's very much a transaction. Like there's not a huge amount of joy I find in shopping online. I know that there's some very innovative retailers who are doing very interesting things to kind of keep things fresh and keep things interesting. But ultimately it's you and a computer. And I think what exactly what you say is that this is where the high street excels is that the ad, this is the added value. This is the shopper is. telling you about like, Oh, let me tell you about this fabulous product or just, it's just this immersive uh, uh, just, just the ability to touch and feel isn't it yeah you know, it, yeah it, uh, I, 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 I try not to use online because of, of what I do and also because I believe in high streets and, yeah. and even if I wasn't doing this job I've never been a big online person but mm. I do use it um, mm. because it, it it's convenient for certain things that, that yeah. you need but it's very much a two-dimensional experience as you were yeah. saying it's about functionality can I find what I'm looking for click done right delivered yeah. sorted yeah um no emotion no nope. whatsoever you know nope. no feel um, good factor really no no not at all you know you just think oh, i've just spent that <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there you go um and and where the high street i think can still win especially at the local level especially mm-hmm. using the powers of of people running local shops because often our local people run local shops you know mm-hmm. it, it's yeah. the nature of the beast um we can start to get this this bring back and focus on the sociability of 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 being out and about the power of socializing and and as i say you don't have to be with friends necessarily to feel as if you're part of something that is good and feels good and feels energetic and and vibrant yeah Um, it's just that the energy comes from it just by being there absolutely and in terms of really encouraging more of that then or really mm. supporting those independents who are doing it what would you like to see from local government or and from national government to really support those that feeling well, we, and support those independents doing that I, I i think partly it's so we know that there's been various funds set up that are being allocated to local authorities to to regenerate now our fear are that a lot of the big funds are about regenerating city centers because in some ways city centers got it slightly tougher than than, than the local areas because yeah. Um, people aren't working so much in the city. The commuters aren't there. Um, the footfall is down more in those city centre areas and the shopping centres than it is in, in other parts. So, mm. so absolutely, we need we, we need to regenerate city centres. But let's not forget that just because local shopping may be having a resurgence, it still needs investment, and we still need local mm. authorities to think about investing in those areas. I I I pull my hair out when I hear about accessibility being reduced all the mm. time because um, there's this push understandably towards zero carbon that often means planning to remove cars from town centers city centers that simply limits people's accessibility unless you've got the infrastructure the public transport to bring people in mm-hmm. um and and so you know we don't want to take away accessibility especially to vulnerable age groups older people and people who 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 really need a car to get get out and about and let's face it electric cars are more and more popular anyway so Mm. the the green impact is is less of a of of an issue now um and and the other thing and alongside with that of accessibility is retail parks have done well out of generally if you look at the three areas of of retailing um, location-wise, you look at shopping centres, town centres, high streets, and then retail parks. And of those three, retail parks have been the most resilient. 
throughout COVID and their footfall dropped less and it's recovered quicker. And that's because people can drive there accessible and it's free parking. And whenever you go into our, our cities and, and towns, the, the, the lovely local authorities decide that they want to maintain their billion pound a year income from parking, which is the true figure that they all get from it. Mm. Um, and, and that just, again, it's just, when they, well, retail parks are doing well because people don't, are not, you know, they can park there for as long as they want. Why don't you use that principle in town centres and, mm. and bring allow people to do that? So there's, there's investment, there's money, but there's also just, a different thinking needed sometimes yeah. to allow people to, um, uh, to to access the places they want to access. Uh, how, in, in there. how do we square that kind of access, the, the ease of access for mm. the car with a place that feels like it's people-centred? Because I think the difficulty with places that are car-dominated, you know, is that they are, they're not nice places to walk around. It, it, you it, know. No, I agree. And, and it, it's to do with the infrastructure. Now, if you look at... Um, Places around the UK where they've invested in trams, and 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 I, I knew I yeah. used to work in Manchester. Manchester, we're yeah. based in Birmingham. They're investing in trams. Edinburgh, um, where, where you are, I think that yeah. you know their tram systems in, and and you've got to think that 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 you can do it through good public transport systems. Yeah, that can still keep a people-centric, safe place to be. Um, what's that mean? I forget about trams when I'm crossing the, the road sometimes, but uh, <laughs> generally speaking, they're, they're easier to spot than cars. But uh, yeah. um, but it, it has to be replaced by that good network. Now, not every not every place can be a London where you have all this integrated transport with mm-hmm. buses and underground, and and one Oyster card will get you around everywhere, or or, mm. or whatever the, the, the reason is. But you can learn from that and make sure that, that there is more emphasis placed on on integration of public transport to make it easier mm-hmm. for people to use. Yeah, and and walking, I think, is and cycling, I think, as well. Oh yeah, something. no, absolutely, yeah. Because no, I think I that, totally that is so, it's so interesting. I think that you know, particularly the pedestrian pound is something that's yes. not really discussed a lot out with active travel circles but it's oh. it's something that is you know if, if you can you might buy less each time because of how much you need to carry but you go more regularly and i think there's a discussion around you know and, keeping and, things within that easy and, and i think actually there's, there's research that suggests that people in cars have less dwell time than people without cars yeah because, yeah because you've got i've got two hours parking or whatever the case may be you know yeah so i i, I absolutely we should be encouraging people to to walk um and auto cycle or to find a a a, a or even elect, i mean electric bikes are growing the electric scooters yeah. are, 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 are more prevalent now so yeah you know these are developments that that, that we want to see local authorities embrace mm. um and find ways of investing in because because mm. you're so right you know you you need to keep your place safe Mm-hmm. And 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 that's about making sure that the the, the roads are safe. It's making sure they're not too congested. Mm-hmm. You want good lighting. You want you want good appearance. Yeah. You know, at night time, people uncomfortable if it's not lit up well. You know, and you totally. don't you want to reduce antisocial behaviour and and all those developments yeah. in there as well. So, you know, I'm not saying it's easy. Certainly, <laughs> there no. is no easy solution. <laughs> but there are some good positive steps and there's some yeah. really good examples around the uk of places that that have not done everything we've talked about but we've done some things yeah and you can see the differences that's making in terms of the the successes of local economies yeah 
Absolutely. And I think as well, talking about that kind of safety aspect, another reason why, you know, to let signs an empty shop and a kind of a lack of active frontage, it again, makes you feel yeah. like, well, there's no one's around this place. Even at night, there's feeling like, you know, and, and it all feeds into this feeling of a, a place that isn't loved or isn't, you know, or Correct. isn't kind of, you know, that's no one, that's actually a to let sign on a one building can actually make the whole street feel empty. Ironically, do you know what it's just? You no, know? It, I, I agree, and 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 you do wonder why why some landlords would want to keep a property empty. You know, um, I know. I, yeah, I, I don't understand what what motivates them to do that. Yeah, um, and I know there's measures being taken by the government to try to stop that happening. Um, yeah. but we it, it and it does need everyone with a vested interest in the high street to play their bit. So landlords mm. maybe have to accept, accept a lower rent to get to get the, the property let. But mm. surely that's got to be better than, than nothing. You know, yeah. I, it's got to be better. And it's got to be better for the, for the street in itself. So if you're a landlord with more than one property, then you wouldn't want to see more than one empty property, would you? You know, because you want yeah. them, you want the whole street to be, and, and, and then you want the, invest, and again, it comes back to the business rates. Because if you invest, if the tenant invests in the property, let's say you put air conditioning in, Mm. At the moment, that would increase your business rates, um, and, oh. and that doesn't feel right somehow. <laughs> so why would you? And and if you create a little bit of car parking in front of the of the shop, if you've got that frontage allows you to do it, that would increase your business rates. Um, okay. So these are the, the and this is why business rates is a punitive tax. You know, why, why it's not encouraging people to show that creativity or or to invest or to improve the experience for their customers mm. without it being a, a not just a cost of making a change, but then this ongoing burden of business rates increasing. So mm. it, it 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 all needs to happen, but but for businesses to contribute and make their contribution, there needs to be some kind of um, incentive for them to do so mm. or you remove some of the disincentive that prevents them from, from mm. making those decisions mm. i think all of the things that we've discussed have required or will require a real collaboration in this uh, joined up approach yeah. i think across which is something that so many problems and you know things that we're trying to tackle in society will require. And but I wonder if somebody's listening to this and thinking, well, what can I do? I'm really, really passionate about my local area. You know, apart from, well, I know this, this is no small thing. I was going to say apart from shopping locally, which is not a small <laughs> thing at all. Um, but do you think it's what what can somebody do to kind of, um, yeah, to, to show the other support for, for the local area? Well, genuinely, spend time in your local area and spread your expenditure. Um, mm. and, and it's something I consciously try to do. It's very easy to go to one supermarket and get your weekly shop. Mm. Um, and, and certainly, don't get me wrong, there's an element of what we do in our household to do that. Mm. But at the same time, we always buy things locally as well, whether it's in the local butchers or local local Tesco Express or the local or the, the local cafe. You know, and mm. there's always some opportunity just to just spread your expenditure. And so you're not in, you're not spending more; you're just spending it inside different places. Mm. And and because there is this concept at times that local is more expensive. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it isn't. Yeah. You know, and and I think it's about understanding all of that. Um. So yeah, supporting activities on the high street if there's a if, if there's a depending on the size of the place but often they organize things like markets that come in whether it's a small mm. christmas market a farmer's market mm. and and you think well is that detrimental to 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 those businesses on on the outskirts of that maybe for that moment it's in but it it adds a point of interest about the place doesn't it mm. you know so mm-hmm. so if these events are taking place attend them mm. make you know, show that you appreciate it and um, because it's that 
yeah, the people who make that decision to invest in the first place need to see that it's working in some way. And part of it is about bringing footfall back to high streets mm. um, and, and doing that. And, and to be honest, if, if you don't think the area is good enough, tell people. If you don't think that mm. enough is being done to, um, to deal with empty shops or to make it feel safe and clean and, and more presentable, mm. then, then, you know, there is a vo- local voice. There are local councils. Write, speak, make your presence felt. It, mm. it does, you know, these people are elected on a regular basis. So they, they you know, they do want to hear about the concerns that people have um, mm. and things that could, could make it better. So mm. the, 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 it's all too easy to forget and to feel powerless at a local level and think, well, what can I do? What can poor little me do in this place? But mm. actually, there's more you, difference you can make that, and, and people are aware of. And, and for us, a fiver spent in a local high street goes an awful long way um if everyone did that and then I, and, and i know it seems well mm. a five is nothing it's it is a lot to some people at the moment sadly yeah yeah but it, it shows how much difference a little makes um to to businesses if everyone had that same approach Andrew, to close our conversation, you know, it's a really difficult time right now, an incredibly stressful time if you own a business. I wonder if you have any words for them, if anyone's listening who owns a business, um, words of encouragement or support. I don't underestimate the stress that businesses are facing either. You know, there's there's financial pressures. Business people are often family people and they've got challenges around their own cost of living within their household, let alone their, their, their business. Um, if you need help, if you want to talk to people about it, you, you know, we, we, we've given information about financial support services to help people deal with, with, um, with, with cash issues that they may be in, in, in encountering. Um, we work closely with someone, with an organization called the Retail Trust, which is a fantastic setup just for retail that helps retail. And, and they will talk to retailers um, about some of their mental challenges and maybe having a mental well-being. So there is support out there. It, it, it's often when when you get um, in a little bit of a downward spiral, it's often difficult to see the wood for the trees and to believe that someone out there can help you. So, you know, we, we have a constant message to try to help people to to seek advice and support. And, and often just talking through a problem will be sufficient to find a solution to it. Not always, mm. but, but often often can be. So it, it it's I suppose the overall message is don't be alone. You know, no matter mm. what you're doing, whether you're developing your business, whether you want to talk about a financial uh, challenge that you have, don't be alone. Share it, seek advice, seek professional help, but work with others um in your because they're all feeling the same. We had none, yeah. none of us admit it, <laughs> but we're all feeling yeah. the same. Yeah. But but a high street that pulls together will do better. I think that's a brilliant point in which to, to close our conversation. I think, and there's, there's so many brilliant resources on your website, and we'll link to those in the show notes. And brilliant. and like Thank you say, you. the retail trust work is brilliant around yeah, not only the mental health challenges, a uh, and also the emotional labour that, that yeah. shop owners are doing for other people. You know, it's, it's a big absolutely, thing. and, and it's, it's not just for shop owners; it's for the staff who work in your shops as well. Yeah. And, yeah. and and it's a great setup, and uh, it, it's often you know, unless you know about it, no one talks about it. it it's 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 got its own kind of niche, um, and and we've always supported it, and and so and, and long long may that continue. Oh, well, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you today, Andrew. Thank you so much. And it's it's so lovely to, it's always lovely to speak independent retail, but it's also just lovely to just be reminded of 
how much good has already been done and how much you know how actually there's a lot of hope there's a lot and it's about kind of keeping that faith but uh, there's a lot of brilliant stuff going on and uh yeah and i think it is it's a very uh, bright future i think but it's going to take some work but a very bright future ahead and a bit of luck but maybe it's time for Abu to look as well. You know, it's been—it's uh, not been look, much luck in the last four years. <laughs> maybe, maybe next year he can turn around just a little bit for us. <laughs> we could do with a little bit more. Indeed. for listening if you're an independent retailer and are interested in becoming a buyer member you can find out more in our show notes next week we'll be speaking to Ailsa from the International Longevity Centre UK as we consider the UK's ageing population and discuss how to make high streets and shops more welcoming and inclusive to older people it's a fascinating chat that talks ageism and society's attitudes to age that's really made me think so differently since we spoke so don't miss it have a great week and see you soon bye for now